greetings and welcome to Growing in His Word. Now, I know the voice doesn't sound quite the same. Pastor Joseph isn't able to be with us today. He had a family situation he needed to take care of. Please be in prayer for their family. But he's given me the honor to take his place today. And uh, uh, I know we've been going through the Gospel of John, and we're going to hold on that just for a minute this week. I want to take you to someplace special, someplace in the Old Testament. It's a Psalm of David, Psalm 63. Now Jesus tells us the Father is seeking those who will worship him in spirit and truth. So let's take a minute and pray. Father, we thank you that you are looking for us to worship you. We're looking for us to seek you. And Father, that's what we want to do today. Speak to us by the power of your Holy Spirit and teach us today, we'd ask in Jesus' name, Amen. You know, praise God, he's given us a book that tells us how we should worship him, why we should worship him, and the way we should worship him. And that's the book of Psalms. It's the worship, or it's the workbook on worship. And I pray we might become more free and expressive and sincere in our worship. And I'm asking you not just to read the book of Psalms, but to practice it, to do it. If it says to sing, sing. If it says to shout, go ahead and shout. And if it says lift up your hands, lift up your hands to the Lord. Do what the book says. You know, the other thing that's really cool about the Bible is that it's given us a man to model praise, one who's an example of a worshiper, and that's David, the sweet psalmist of Israel. This psalm is unique. There's not another psalm like this one at all. The thing that makes it so unusual is there's not a request of any kind. David is praying without petition. David is in the wilderness. He's in a harsh and dry place. David was physically dry. David was spiritually dry. Things were difficult. And you might think he'd be begging, Lord, I'm on the run. I'm out here. I'm dying. My family's broken. The country's at war. Help me. Fix this. Take care of this. I'm brokenhearted and I'm homesick. But what does David do? He doesn't ask God for anything. You ever tried that? Spend a day without asking the Lord for anything, just praising and thanking him for all that you already have? His love, his grace, his provision, his direction. It's a fantastic thing to do. Well, the title says it's a psalm of David when he was in the wilderness of Judah. And, and if you go west from Jerusalem in Israel, uh, you come to the coastal plains. The valleys are fertile. There's beautiful groves, and all kinds of fruit, bananas and apples and oranges and anything you can think of. But if you go east from Jerusalem, you come to the Judean wilderness. And as you leave Jerusalem and you bypass Bethany, you begin to drop down into the great African Rift Valley. Now, maybe you've seen some of this wilderness of Judah in pictures or movies. It's got to be one of the driest, most barren places in the world. This is where the Dead Sea is. And the Dead Sea is so low below sea level, you can fly a thousand feet below sea level and still be 200 feet off the ground. That's 1,200 feet below sea level. And they may get uh, not much rain every year, very barren. David spent quite a bit of time fleeing from Saul and from his son Absalom. And when the sun comes out in the summertime, it can get up somewhere between 115 and 120 degrees. I've actually been there when it was 118. And there's really no place to find shade either. This is where David was. It was harsh. It was desolate. 
He was on the run, and I'm sure there were times when he was discouraged and depressed. Actually, several other psalms tell us where he's just just depressed and having a rough day. You know, it's a dangerous place, and you can dehydrate easily there. If you ever dehydrated, you know how dangerous it is. I actually did dehydrate hiking through this area one time. The thirst is unbelievable. And, and he's thirsty, he's hot, he's dried out, and he begins to cry out to God. And look what he writes. He says, Oh God, you are my God. He doesn't say, God, where are you? Or how could you? Or why did you? He says, you're my God. And that's the way he starts this song. No request, but there are six intentions here. And I want to bring this to your attention so that when you go through those dry times, and some of you may have, and I know that all of us eventually will, when you go through those hard times, this psalm will lead you close to the Lord. So here's David's first intention. He says, early will I seek you. Now, you might want to mark that or underline it if you have your Bible open. Early will I seek you. This has been considered by many people a morning psalm, a psalm to just read when you get up in the morning. Just kind of kindle your desire for more of the Lord as you begin your day. So verse 1 says, Early will I seek you. David wanted this thirst in his soul to be satisfied early in the day. You know, the early church used to sing this song every morning. It was uh, the morning psalm, and they just wanted to start their day. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. You see, David wasn't thirsting for a restored family. He's not thirsty for the throne, even though it was rightfully his. It's not a relationship thing or a material thing, not a, a past accolades, you know, all the praise he got for what he's done. He's saying, Lord, what I really miss, what I really want is you. The, di the desire of my soul is so unquenchable that my whole body feels the effects of it. Did you know if you have the Lord, you have it all. If you don't have the Lord, you're never going to have enough. You know, and I kind of wonder what my response would be if I was out in the wilderness and parched physically and spiritually and I had enemies chasing me. David's in this dry place physically and evidently in a dry place spiritually as well. But more than being thirsty for water, he was thirsty for the Lord. You know, many times our spiritual walk can become like that, dried up, thirsty, and we try to fill our life and meet that thirst with things that just don't work. We can become spiritually parched, and we long to feel the presence of God, to see and feel the power of God working in our lives once more. We need that living water. And that's what David is saying. I'm thirsty, Lord. I'm dried out. I'm in a dry land. There's no water here. He's out running again. And he's remembering those times of refreshing and being before the Lord in the sanctuary and having the Spirit bless him and feeling the abundance of living water from the Lord and refreshing. I'm thirsty for you, Lord. Now he's out in a place that's not refreshing. Do you remember back in John chapter 7 as we've been going through the Gospel of John that Jesus said, If anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. And he who believes in me, as the Scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the Spirit. And he said, So I've looked for you in the sanctuary, 
to see your power and your glory. David's using the barrenness of the wilderness to speak to the barrenness of his own soul. I know what it's like, Lord. And I think we need to remember the vision that we've had on the mountaintops, the good times with the Lord, to help us to go through the dryness of the valleys. Remember those special times when the Lord has made his presence and power known to you, when he's been real to you. And David is going through this time of dryness and thirst, and he's saying, I remember how it was when I saw his glory, when I felt his presence in the sanctuary. And I keep those times in my heart and mind. I do that so that when I go through the hard times, when I go through the valleys, when I'm in my trials, I can remember the goodness of the Lord. Well, why doesn't he let us stay that way all the time? Why can't we stay on the mountaintops? Well, it's because he wants us to grow up. He wants us to become men and women who walk by faith, not by feelings. Because my feelings change. My feelings come and go. Feelings can be changed by all kinds of things. Maybe it's something I ate. Maybe I didn't get enough sleep. Maybe it's some news that I received, something good, something bad. It, it's, it's just got me all turned around. Well, God wants me to grow in faith so that I can stand with him even when times don't seem so good, so that I will remember he is in control and he has a plan. David's going through a time just like that, and he can still say, because your loving kindness is better than life. David's saying, your loving kindness is the best part of my life. Nothing better than that, Lord. I'm not so concerned about the physical water. You know, I don't even care if I die out here. I just want to be close to you. Here's David's second intention. David's, David's going out in the dry desert and he says, My lips shall praise you. Because your loving kindness is better than life, my lips shall praise you. Lord, I'm not asking for anything from you. I want to give something to you. I want to bless you. How do I bless God? By giving him praise. Verse 4 says, Thus will I bless you while I live. I will lift up my hands in your name. David's lifting his hands in surrender to praise and worship the Lord. You know, I love it. I, uh, lifting up the hands. Lord, it's like saying, I surrender. Pick me up. Hold me close. I'm in the desert. I'm running for my life. I'm parched. I'm distressed. But I will bless you. I want to bless the Lord. I want to give him happiness. And it blesses and honors God when his creatures praise him and thank him. You know, I think much of the church has become very stiff and formal in its worship. Some of you may never even lifted your hands to the Lord, but there's a lot of scriptures that talk about lifting up holy hands to the Lord. David said, I'll lift my hands in your name. And the result, verse 5, my soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. Lord, David's saying, I want you more than food. My soul will be fed. God, you're greater than a gourmet dinner. You know, some of us sometimes aren't quite that way. And I wonder if we desire things of the world more than him. Here's David's third intention. I'm going to rise up early. I'm going to praise you. And then he says, I'm going to meditate on you. I'm going to think about you. He says in verse 6, when I remember you on my bed... I meditate on you in the night watches. You know, if you ever have problems sleeping, use the time to your advantage. Meditate on the Lord. 
worship the Lord, think about the Lord all through the night. Well, why will I do this? He says in verse 7, because you have been my help. Therefore, in the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. This is thanks that's being given for help that's already received. He's covered me. He'll protect me. He'll shelter me. It's kind of like the Lord just speaking to you and saying, hey, I got you covered. The shadow of his wings is kind of a picture of the Ark of the Covenant. And, and it's practically what a mother hen does and what Jesus wants to do for us. Hide us under his wings to protect us. You know, worshiping him is better than counting sheep. <laughs> Sometimes I get frustrated and I think if I don't get back to sleep, I'll never get up for work tomorrow. I got so much to do. But the Lord gave us a promise. He said, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength and mount up with wings as eagles. So when I wake in the middle of the night like that, it's a good time to start praising the Lord and worshiping the Lord. Sometimes I read scripture and I'll know that I'll have the extra strength I need in the morning because I spent time with him. I will rejoice because he protects and covers me. Then number five, he goes on and he says, my soul follows close behind you. Your right hand upholds me. In other words, David's saying, I'm determined to follow hard after you. I'm going to stick close to you. I don't want any spaces between me and you, Lord. This is my intention, Lord. It's the right thing to do. Even in the desert, and if I'm facing hardships, I'm going to be glued to you. Remember when Jesus asked his disciples, Will you leave me? A bunch of people were leaving, and he asked the disciples, Are you going to leave me too? And you remember Peter answered and said, Lord, where else will we go? You alone have the words of eternal life. Think about that. In this world, if you leave the Lord, where else do you go? Nowhere but down. Lord, we're sticking with you. You know, God isn't your God just when it's convenient. He's your God all the time. David is able to trust the Lord. Remember, first of all, verse 1, we see his soul is thirsty, but even in that dry time, he says, I'm going to seek you early. And you may think I'm so dry, I don't even want to speak to him. It doesn't matter what you feel like. Seek the Lord early. Jesus always did. In Isaiah 50, there's a prophecy concerning Jesus. It said, The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He wakens my ear to hear the learned. Do you ever think about how did Jesus know what to say to people who had needs? Well, he says, morning by morning I woke up and the Father spoke to me. The scriptures seem to indicate that Jesus never missed a morning of seeking his Father. And if Jesus needed to get up morning by morning to hear from his Father, how much more do I need to get up? With all my weaknesses, this is important. Get up early. David says, I'll seek you early. Secondly, I'll worship you expressively or meaningfully. Even in the dry times, I will bless you while I live. I lift up my hands unto your name. I will praise you with joyful lips, joyful lips and uplifted hands, praising my God. David would do these things even if my flesh was rebelling against it. And I will reflect on you. I will remember you. I will meditate on you. And verse 6 says, When I'm on my bed in the night watches, and if you go to bed at night thinking about your problems and how you can solve them, 
you won't get much sleep and you'll wake up depressed and you'll wonder why. Or do what David did. My last thoughts before I drift off to sleep are of you. I will meditate on the Lord. And the results are found in verse 5. His soul is satisfied with the Lord. Now his soul is trusting in the Lord. And then in verse 8, he pursues God energetically. And when you search for something diligently, uh, it becomes so precious. You value it. You don't want to lose it. And the Lord knows this. So I think many of the precious times and the things of the Lord are hidden till we press on and pursue and seek diligently. And when we do, he's going to satisfy us. And it's not just me sticking with him. Last part of that verse says his right hand upholds me. He's the one that has kept me. He has his hand on me. I can trust him. And then here's the sixth intention. He says, I'm going to wait on the Lord. Look at verse 9. Those who seek to destroy my life shall go into the lower parts of the earth. That's King James language for they're going to go to hell. They shall fall by the sword. They shall be a portion for jackals. David was trusting God to deal with his enemies. And you know what? In God's time and in God's way, David's enemies did fall by the sword. But he says, the king shall rejoice in God. Everyone who swears by him will glory. But the mouths of those who speak lies shall be stopped. I'm going to wait on the Lord. I'm going to let him fix things. You know, we're called a nation of kings and priests. And I know we're not there yet, but he's preparing us. He's teaching us so that we'll be able to fulfill the calling that he has in our lives. And we'll rejoice and we will glory and our enemies will be silenced. Thank you, Lord. Remember, if things don't seem like they're perfect now, it's because it's not the end. James puts it this way. Draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. Remember Psalm 27. Wait upon the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, upon the Lord. And we read in Psalm 37, Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Don't get angry and, and forsake wrath. Don't fret. It only causes harm. Evildoers will be cut off. But those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. And, and back in uh, 37 verse 34, wait on the Lord and keep his way, and he shall exalt you to inherit the land. When the wicked are cut off, you shall see it. And of course, the psalm right before this one, Psalm 62, my soul waits silently for God alone, for my expectation is from him. And all of our expectations, anything we think we're going to get out of this life or out of this world, comes from the Lord. Only the good things come from the Lord. What a great psalm this is to spend time in. A time of just honoring the Lord. Again, not asking for anything, but thanking him for his provision and blessing and direction in my life. These are David's intentions. And I pray that become, they become our intentions too. I want to do these things. I want to get close to the Lord. I want to be blessed. I want to bless him. So I'm going to review again. First thing, David says, I'm going to rise up early to seek you. Second thing, I'm, I'm going to praise you. I want to bless God. 
Third thing, I want to meditate on you. I want to think about you. The fourth thing, I'm going to rejoice in you. I'm, I'm so excited about what you do in my life. The fifth thing, no matter what happens, I will stick close to you. And the sixth thing, I'm going to wait on you. I'm going to let you handle things, Lord. I'm not going to try to run ahead. I'm not going to try to take care of it myself. I want you to take care of these things. Now, believers, brothers and sisters, I'm so glad that I was able to be able to come and share this with you today. You know, we're going to get back into John, John's gospel. We want to see what the Lord has done for us and how the Lord loves us. But I just wanted to share this attitude towards the Lord like David had. David was a mature believer, and we're growing like David had to. And we're going to be mature believers too. You know, if you don't know the Lord, if you've never come to Christ, I'd like to ask you to give yourself to him now. We invite you to join the family. You know, these things may seem even impossible sometimes, but by the power of the Holy Spirit, this is possible. And, and as you come into the family of God, God will indwell you. The Holy Spirit moves inside of you. When you say, Jesus, come inside of me, he will. The Spirit comes inside of you, and the Spirit wants to come upon you and give you the power to live the Christian life. So would you just pray with me right now? Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my life. Fill me with your spirit. Give me the power I need to be a witness for you. Praise God. And if you did that, we'd love to hear from you on growing his word. Uh, it's really important for us to know what the Lord is doing. It causes us to rejoice with you. And we want to continue to encourage you. And we look forward to Pastor Joseph being back with us this next week. God bless you. Have a wonderful week in the Lord.